0: Thank you for tuning in to the podcast of Lydia Brown Ministries, where we have a conversation about faith and bringing revival to your life.
1: Hello, and thank you for tuning into this week's podcast. I'm your host, Nick Ruffell, and I am so excited to be tuning in with all of you beautiful people who are listening in every week. We just want to tell you that we just appreciate you guys so much and that we love you guys so much. That there's not a day that goes by that we're not praying for you. So well, I just really felt, you know, led to tell you guys how much I love you guys and how much you are truly, truly, truly loved and prayed for. Amen. And I am so excited for this week because too. I am excited because I'm joined with my sweetheart.
0: How are you today? I'm doing good. Hey, I'm fired up.
1: Yes. (laughs) God's doing some
0: good things, and you guys are bringing out some awesome things for us. And we have a lot of international um, people that tune in in our audience as well. And I wanted to take a moment and encourage them that I know we're talking a lot about In God We Trust for this In God We Trust series. We're talking a lot about America. Right. But you guys who are tuning in, you can take a lot of the same spiritual principles that we're talking about. and God wants to do something great in your nation too. Absolutely. Amen. Amen. And so, um, you know, that old saying though, as goes America, goes the world. You right. know, I think there is some truth to that, that there, America has such a leadership role in the earth, right? Right. And so you guys pray for our country as we pray for yours. Amen. And welcome to not only people in America, but also people around. Around the world, Because you and our special guest have some good things to yes. store with us this week. So let's <laughs> yes. from him.
1: Yes. How's it going today, Pastor Brian? It's going great, Nick. How are you? Oh, man, I'm doing awesome. I, we are just having the best time, you know, with this, you know, with some of my favorite people talking about <laughs> some of my favorite topics. <laughs>
0: Me too. And you got a good one today.
1: Yes, we have a really good one today. But kind of like before we go into, you know, the topic for today, just to kind of recap, you know, a little bit about, you know, where we started and you know, where we're at today. So, um, Pastor Brian, if you would, did, would you uh, kind of recap where we're at, what we've covered the last two weeks?
2: Yeah, so, uh, you know, the first week we talked about what is the role of the church in American politics, and and we went to 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 and 2, uh, you know, basically where the Holy Spirit speaking through Paul was exhorting Timothy that, First of all, you know, and you mentioned, you know, how that saying this is the most important thing, most important thing, first of all, that supplications and prayers and intercessions and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and for all who are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in godliness and reverence. And so we talked about the, you know, the obligation, our first obligation for the church is, is to pray. And, you know, we talked about no one else in the world, the world's not going to pray. Uh, unbelievers aren't going to pray uh, for our uh, for our leaders. Uh, but God has laid that uh, commandment to the church that so we're commanded to pray. You know, we talk about how if we want our, the prayers to be the most effective, how we have to be students of the word. We have to know what does God's word say?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, how does God tell us uh, to pray and then do it the way that he says to? We're not trying to to persuade God or sweet talk God into doing what we want.
0: Right. We have
2: to know what he wants in the word, find out what he wants, and then we pray for that to take place. And then last week uh, we talked about, you know, where did the origin of the concept of separation in church and state come from? And, you know, we talked about how that's, that, that phrase appears no place in the constitution that it actually came from a, a letter that president Thomas Jefferson wrote to the Danbury Baptist association of Connecticut. Uh, when they were writing uh, expressing their concerns, that they may become a persecuted minority uh, denomination in the country and uh, he was assuring them that the Constitution had established a wall of separation of church and state, which, that, like I said, the phrase doesn't appear in the Constitution, but the concept does, but it's not the way it's so commonly right. interpreted, right? I mean, do you honestly think that the people who, who wrote the Constitution said there's not any place for public display of religion when these men went to the Constitutional Convention and spent hours in prayer, hours in prayer every day as they were writing, asking God for his guidance in the writing of the Constitution. Uh, So you you see that 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 phrase did not appear in the Constitution, and the principle is not at all like it is misrepresented uh, by people uh, that have a, a hatred toward God and things of the Bible.
1: Right. Absolutely. And that's one thing that kind of, you know, came to me too, you know, after last week, it's just like, it's the great, the great misconception, you know, in the, in the American, you know, church world today is the separation of church and state, you you know, and you brought up a really good point there, Pastor Brian, these men who were really the, the forefathers of our nation, They weren't, um, you know, regardless of what you know the secular world views it as, and what you know the secular history books view it as. These were godly men who wrote, um, you know, our founding documents, and our founding documents were inspired by the Word of God and by the Spirit of God too. And that's so. So so
2: many of the men who signed it, Nick. uh, Sorry, I didn't mean to talk over you. Oh no, no. So many of the men that signed it were ministers and pastors, and, and many of them held degrees from seminaries and theological schools. Uh, you know, it's easy for people to pick out Ben Franklin, Thomas Jefferson, like that. But, uh, you know, it seems like there were, about, there were over 50 signers of the Declaration of Independence, and many of them were ministers and men of faith.
1: Exactly. And what a lot of people and you know, sweetheart, <clears throat> something that it's kind of amazing that, you know, we came up with really is the Lord, where we came up with the concept in God, we trust one nation under God, where we got that from, from the
0: Holy Ghost. It
1: was from the Holy Ghost, but it was by one of George Whitfield's sermons, Yes, how he was uh, preaching and constant, how he was preaching through, you know, throughout the, throughout the colonies at that time mm-hmm. is that we are one nation under God. And that's where we came through, that we are subjected to him. And it kind of, you know, the old popular, you know, the old popular, you know, quote, you know, that uh, President Ronald Reagan gave. And I'm paraphrasing, of course, if we ever forget that we are a nation under God, we'll be a nation gone under. And that is something that really that we as believers and we as Americans really have to focus on, too, that we should never get to a place to where we're prideful. Um, without understanding who our rights came from too and so kind of segueing into you know this week's topic too is how should we as believers
2: vote hmm. it's a it's a very good question Nick you know um, yeah and, and I'll say this as believers, we live a life of faith, right? So the Bible says the just shall live by faith. Right. Amen. And I, when I teach on the subject of faith, you know, this is kind of the Brian Adkins exhaustive definition of it. But faith, faith is a belief, a conviction or a firm persuasion based on the word of God, rightly divided that a person adheres to so strongly that it governs what they think, say and do. Powerful. And so if we are people of faith, and, the, and the, I'll say this, the only legitimate source for faith for the believer is the word of God.
0: Amen. You know,
2: it's not the preacher on TV. It's not your uh, social studies teacher. It's not your sweet grandma, no matter how sweet she might be. If, <laughs> if it doesn't agree with the word of God, the Bible, the word of God, the scriptures is the only legitimate source for faith in the life of the believer. And so if we're if we have that faith and we allow it to govern or control what we think, say or do, then it's going to control our actions uh, when we go to the voting booth. Right. Right. And you know, I, I would just say this is that believers should vote based on issues discussed in a party's platform. That's you true. Know, I think that we would be falling into extreme naivety if we believe that one party was completely evil and the other party was the bright, the the Knights in shining armor. Right. Right. (laughs) Truth be be known, there is political corruption on both sides of the aisle. And, uh, you know, I think we should, you know, talking about praying, you know, I know that at Anchor Faith Church for years in corporate prayer, we had prayed in regards to the government, just got by the spirit, two things that we should, should pray was, was that the hidden works of darkness would be revealed in pertaining to our government and that the, and the wicked would be taken in their own devices. (laughs) So (laughs) we we probably had had prayed that for over eight years in corporate prayer uh, being led by uh, Pastor Marcy Glisson. I had got that by the spirit and was praying that Lord hidden works of darkness will be revealed and the wicked be taken in their own devices. But when it comes to voting, you know, you know, the politicians are really good, good at tickling people's ears, right? Oh, and, um, yeah. Yeah. And I don't want to sound extremely jaded. I believe that more than likely on both sides of the spectrum, you know, there's American pol- political life is dominated by two parties, Democrats and the Republicans. Right. And I believe that there's probably very well-meaning people on both sides. Um, I believe that, you know, love believes the best you believe. There's probably born again people on both sides of the spectrum, right? But when it gets right down to it, um, you know, you have to look at the party's uh, platform. And I just have a genuine issue with when you have one party that calls for the wholesale access to abortion on full term basis, there's no restrictions. When the Bible is very clear, God says, one of the things that he hates is hands that shed innocent blood. That's right. And at no place in the scripture, you know, you read different places in the scripture where it talks about when enemy armies would come in and stuff It talks about them tearing open uh, the bellies of the pregnant women and killing their children. There, there's never an incident recorded in scripture where uh, the cutting off of the life of an unborn child uh, is portrayed as anything good. Right. And so, um, you know, you go to like uh, David in the Psalms, you know, he's praying to God and he's thanking God that that you, while while you were knitting me together in my mother's womb, you knew me, right? Uh, right. We have the testimony of the prophet Jeremiah that, that before you even formed me in the womb, uh, you knew me. So, you know, I have a really tough time thinking that anybody could think that, that, that you could vote for a party that supports that, um, you know, the other thing, and this is not a very popular thing uh, to say in today's culture, but the Bible is also very clear about human sexuality, right? And, um, absolutely. And and so you got one party that that vehemently supports a lifestyle that is absolutely contrary to Scripture, and that God says is an, is an abomination.
0: Yeah.
2: And so, exactly. just you know, just based on those, those are those are pretty significant things to me that. Politically, that's kind of a deal breaker. And like I said, you could flip over to the Republican side and the Republican Party is not without uh, morally questionable people itself. Right. Right. But when you look at the platform now, some people may say, yeah, but they don't mean it. They're just telling you what you want to hear. Well, my answer to that is, you know, I have to when I when I cast the vote, when I use the power of the vote that's given to me, um, I have to to go. With, uh, I have to have good faith that what the party is telling me they stand for um, is what they do, and I'll vote for them based on what they've told me, and if they've been dishonest, they're going to be the ones to stand before God, because I'm going to say, Lord, I've cast my vote, I, cast, I threw my support in uh, with this party, because this is what they said, so you know, neither party is likely to be fully righteous, right? Because right. Um, they're both made up of people, <laughs> right? Um, so, don't look for the person. Look for you know the specific issues. Look for the issues, and then again, it goes back to what we said in week one. Before we pray, and our prayers be effective, we have to know what the word says, right? And and pray the word. But before we have an opinion, you know, um, I don't have to have a right. I I don't have the right as a believer to have my own opinion. I believe Dr. Miles Monroe uh, said one time, he said that that in the kingdom of God, we are his ambassadors and ambassadors do not speak their own opinion about any uh, government issue. Their government's stance on anything. So if we're going to cast our political support behind a platform, we really need to go back to know what, what does God's word say about it? Uh, Because you know, the other side of the aisle, they can make arguments for abortion and and portray it like it's an act of mercy to the mother. You know, the mother should be able to do that. They can spin, uh, uh, spin it for people who uh, are engaged in sexual activity that the Bible condemns and say, well, you know, we just want to show tolerance for these people. But I'm going to make a real controversial statement that a lot of people might not like, but God does not command us to be tolerant with things he calls evil. That's right.
0: Amen. And
2: so when we go into the, the voting booth, uh, you know, I know a lot of people, you know, the comment was made uh, way back, uh, I believe, during uh, it was Al Gore made a comment to Dan Quayle one time in a vice presidential debate when they were debating. And Al Gore, you know, and of course, certain people were ecstatic about it, he, you know, because Dan Quayle was portrayed to be stupid anyway. Right. Yeah. And, uh, and Al Gore says it's the economy, stupid. Um, you know, I would just say this when it comes to casting your vote, uh, which party you think is gonna put uh the most money in your bank account cannot be the first thing you think about. That's
1: exactly right. Um, there <laughs> are
2: issues that are more important than your financial prosperity. And I'll say this that um, you know, the Bible says in Proverbs 1334, uh that righteousness exalteth a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. Right. So when we go into the voting booth to, to vote, it shouldn't be, well, my family's always voted this and we're voting this party. Or right. I like this candidate or uh, this, this candidate's personality or I don't like this guy's hair. I don't like their complexion, blah, 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 whatever. It should be which which platform um, contains the most stands for what, uh, righteousness according to the Bible. And then that's, I really believe that that's how we have to have to cast our votes to have good conscience with God is, did we vote for a, a platform that, that had the greater content of, of righteous stands that God would require for us to take?
1: That is good. That is 100% good. And, you know, Pastor Brian, <clears throat> one thing that kind of came to me too, and, you know, to the people who are listening when it's really important that, you know, we focus on the platform. And so I think a lot of people have a tendency, you know, you know, speaking to, you know, our audience, um, people have a tendency to kind of get into the weeds of like, you know, what a platform is. Well, what I want people to understand is take the word platform and switch it to principle. What principles are we voting on? Because that's essentially what it is. These yeah. are the principles that we align with. I'll never forget when I when I started working for Mike. I looked at him. I said, "Well, I'm so thankful. Aren't you thankful you're a Republican?" And he looked at me with with a blank stare, and he said, "What are you talking about?" I said, "Well, you're a Republican." He said, "No, I am a Christian who happens to be a Republican."
2: Amen. I vote,
1: I vote the Bible. I vote for the sanctity of life. I vote for the sanctity of marriage. I vote whatever is closest to his heart. That's who I vote for. And that's why I vote. And that is why I stand the way that I do. I have an obligation before God to uphold those. He said, I have an obligation before God to uphold those principles to him. But I also have an obligation before the American people to uphold the constitution of the United States. Above all things, for above all enemies, foreign and domestic. So, to the people who are listening, I I, I would encourage you to switch the word platform to principles. What principles are you aligning yourself with the most? And what principles align with the word the most, too? Because it's not Mm -hmm. about what makes you feel good, it's not about because someone, you know, sounds poetic when they speak or looks good or, you know, Everything that looks good on paper, it's bottom line brass tacks. Do they align with the Word of God? And does their voting record, if they are an established politician, does it align with the Word too? Because when it it's, it's different when they're speaking with their mouth, but with their action too. Because how they voted? That's how they truly believe. Talking about you know politicians when they're in Congress, and absolutely. So, but also, you know, the scripture came to us, you know, came to me too, um, you know, as we kind of like segue going into next, you know, next week is Ephesians 6 12, when Paul was writing uh, to the church of Ephesus, ta- telling them that we don't wrestle, <clears throat> we wrestle not against flesh and blood, mm-hmm. but against principalities, powers, and dark and rulers of the darkness. Well, the principalities that he was talking about was government authorities. There is such a spiritual stronghold in this nation, not just in this nation in America, but nations all the way across the world that we, the the body of Christ, the triumphant body of Christ needs to take our places of authority, both spiritual and with our rights, our God given rights, and to put those into action, basically putting our faith into action. And not just, you know, saying that we're going to do something, but we also do it. We also follow it up with our action, too. And so oh, yeah. it's very important to how we vote. We vote according to principle, according to the word of God. And that alone, that's our standard. That's right.
2: 100%. That's good. You know what you were saying, Nick, about, um, about the, the places of, of authority, you know, I remember hearing Brother Lester Summerall teach a series one time and he was teaching on demonic activity. And he's, you know, and of course, if 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 you if your listeners are familiar with Brother Lester Summerall at all, he's a great, tremendous man of God and, and prophetic anointing. And he said, and his experience in his ministry was that the areas in his life, and you're talking about a man who's traveled traveled around the world to minister, but his experience in his life had been that. Uh, the places that he had been that had the greatest amount of demonic activity were the seats of political power Yeah, uh, the countries that he went to, the cap- capitals of states and provinces and nations. And when you think about it, think about it, when Satan tried to exalt his self, uh, he, was said, he said he's going to exalt his throne. And thrones are in kingdoms, and that's a government thing. And so and when he tempted Jesus, he tempted him with all the kingdoms of the earth and said, so they've been given to me. So it just kind of makes sense that that the the authority of government of the governance of men on the earth, that, that would be the places that Satan would want to have his greatest influence. And I don't think it's a coincidence if you follow Paul on his missionary journey, his method of operation when he went into places to preach. Most of the time he went into places that were population centers or the capitals of the provinces that he was going in to preach in, because obviously he knew if he could make the influence there uh, for the kingdom of heaven, that the laws that would go out from there that would affect the land, you would have the greatest impact. Right.
1: No, absolutely. And I'll never forget. It was, I forgot the, I forgot the year, but I remember I was answering phones. I was, I was working for the federal government and I could literally feel, I could really sense, you know, you know, when, when you're, when you're born again, believer, and you're filled with the Holy ghost in the, that the realm that you spend the mo- most time in, that's the most that you're sensitive to. And I remember mm-hmm. answering the phone and I could necess, I could tangibly feel, you know, the spiritual attack that was going through Absolutely. that was operating in that place too. And I, you know, I mean, I didn't, you know, rebuke the person, but in my spirit, I felt this holy, righteous, this holy anger, this holy righteousness, but also having compassion towards that person too, to where you could tangibly feel it 100% to where it's not like the person that you're standing with. You love that person, but the spirit that's influencing them, that's the one you don't tolerate.
0: Absolutely.
1: Yes. Ooh, so, I can keep going for, I can keep, <laughs> keep going for hours. <laughs>
0: some good stuff.
1: I know. I know. I know. Wish you a podcast about this, right? <laughs>
0: sure hey well you know there's a lot of young people that are listening to this podcast and they're not the church of tomorrow they're the church of today that's good and some of these people are going to be voting for the very first time right in the upcoming midterm elections that's Mm -hmm. exciting yes but we also want you to know how much responsibility your vote how much weight it carries and so Um, next week, you guys got some good stuff coming for us. Yes. About what?
1: It's, um, what's at stake with the upcoming midterm election and then forecasting for the presidential election too. Oh,
0: that sounds good. So really,
1: really, 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 really really juicy stuff coming up.
0: (laughs) Well, I'm looking forward to it because it's been good the past three weeks and pastor Brian, as always, thank you so much for taking the time to join us It is such a high honor to have you. You are truly anointed, as well as you, sweetheart. Both of you guys are anointed to talk about this.
2: Well, thank you, Lydia. Thank you and Nick both
1: for the opportunity. Oh, of course. Well, we're honored to have you on here.
0: (laughs) And thank you guys for tuning in and joining us today. Be sure to share uh, this podcast with someone else. Pay it forward. We want to be a blessing to as many people as we possibly can. So until next week. This is Nick Raphael <laughs> and Lydia, and we love you guys so very much. And remember that Jesus is coming soon.
1: Thank you for tuning into this week's podcast. This episode was brought to you by the partners of Lydia Brown Ministries. For more ways to connect with us or to sow into our ministry, please visit the links in the podcast description.